Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. I am Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, and this is Deeper in the Word, the show where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean and how they relate to your life and experience and how you can apply something that was written so long ago to what you are going through right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another fun-tabulous, fun-filled week here at Deeper in the Word. We greatly appreciate it. Shout out to everybody all around the world that tunes in and listens to us on all of our various podcast platforms as well as BMC Radio. We greatly appreciate y'all. I pray everyone had a joyous Resurrection Day. And just be mindful that it ain't just a holiday about rabbits and Easter's and all of that stuff. You know, we did a whole show on that, actually, a while back. I don't even remember what the name of it is, but you can go back and check the Deeper the Word Archives. We're on season four now. This is our 79th episode, so it's somewhere back in there. But we talked about Easter and the idea of, you know, the pagan behind it and all that stuff. But all that aside, the most important aspect to understand is that Jesus gave his life in a sacrifice that he did not have to do and had the power to stop and so therefore willingly did not stop for our sakes. Because we weren't even alive back then. But he did it for us. And so that right there should be enough coming out of Resurrection Sunday to make you rejoice for the rest of the year. Amen? So we appreciate y'all joining us and being here as we speak today from an episode entitled A Clean Slate. A Clean Slate. And I guess that's kind of appropriate, right? I mean, this, this is the day after Easter, day after Resurrection Sunday. You know, if you're ever going to start with a clean slate, now's the time to do it. Because we all know what that means, right? It means being in a state where you're starting an activity or a process again, and you're not considering what's happened in the past at all. It's like you get a fresh start. You're wiping the slate clean. Slate, of course, being synonymous with like a chalkboard. Okay. When you got a whole bunch of writing on a chalkboard, what do you do? Take the little marker and you wipe it all off. So now it's clean. Wiping the slate clean. And so essentially that's the idea that most people want to pursue in their life. Let me just start over. Most people don't get chances to start over. Most people are forced to start over because of life circumstances. Like prison. Or a severe health scare. Or something like that. But the reality is a clean slate is a fresh start. Because that's really what happens anytime you clean something up that's dirty. You give it a fresh start. You know, I, I guess that's just part of my personality, but I really, I'm not a germaphobe. I don't like stuff being dirty. You know, to the point where I'm prone to start cleaning things immediately 
And my wife will tell you that she absolutely hates that. <laughs> I was going to get it. Just leave it there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I was, I was already over here. I might as well just clean it up. No, just leave it there. <laughs> Yo, that really upsets her, right? I got to work on that because I can't be. But I'm, I'm not doing it out of malice, you know. It's just that that's the way I've always been. I just start cleaning stuff up. You know, I, I'm one of those people. I hate my phone being all smudged up. You know what I mean? I usually clean it off with a wipe, with a, with a Clorox wipe or with a Lysol wipe. And I encourage y'all to do the same. You know, scientists say that a large majority of bacteria and fecal matter and stuff like that is carried on our phones because we take them everywhere. We may wash our hands, but we don't cleanse the phones. Just think about that. You got the phone all up close to you, okay? How many places it's been and you've laid it down at, okay? But my whole point is this. I don't like that. You know, growing up as a kid, I hated my room being dirty. You know, to where I would persistently, I was a serial room cleaner, okay? In fact, I used to irritate my family so much because I would always change my room around every week to some new style. I was always doing that. And I know most people hate feeling dirty, or at least I hope they do. I mean, I, nobody should like being musty or filthy or unclean from a hygienic standpoint, you know? I mean, you know those times where even you know you stink. When you're offensive to yourself, you know you're offensive to others. And you'll be like, ooh, I guess I better go clean up. But there's this idea of... of being dirty, being unclean. That's what we see the people of Israel suffering from when we study the context behind our text this evening. And you know what? That's my bad. I didn't even give you all the text yet. Well, the text which is going to guide our conversation this episode, my friends, stems out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to read this from the uh, New American Standard Bible Version. And the word of the Lord reads as follows. Come now and let us debate your case, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall become as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. This text that I just read, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, that's the context behind our text today and this idea of uncleanliness, being dirty, and the Israelites suffering through that. See, the, Isaiah, when the time during which he ministered, y'all, that was a crazy time in Israel's history. You know what I'm saying? It was real turbulent. I know what turbulence is. Like in a plane, da, 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 you bounce along like, oh my goodness, let's go. It was like that. Imagine living your whole life like that. It was a turbulent time in their history. Because the nation had gotten to the point, the whole nation of Israel had gotten to the point where they stopped doing it the Lord's way. They were doing it their own way. They stopped living in accordance with the law and the way of the Lord. And instead, they living in open sin and idolatry. They don't even care anymore. They, they just out there. 
And look at verse 18. But that's where our text is. But verse 17 leading up. Well, actually, I should say the 17 verses that lead up to verse 18. Excuse me. We're in verse 18, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. But when you read the 17 verses that lead up to it, you can see how much rebellion against God and sinfulness that there was in the nation's history. In verse 2, people in open rebellion against God. Verse 3, they refused to acknowledge God, and so spiritually, they were dumber than the farm animals around them. I'm out of the text, y'all. Verse 4, they had forsaken the Lord and provoked him to get upset and angry. Verse 5, they refused to respond to the Lord's attempts to discipline them. They wasn't listening. They wasn't responding to the discipline. Verses 5 and 6, they were sick spiritually and they were desperately in need of help. Verse 7 and 8, the whole land was filled with violence. Verses 9 and 10, in a lot of ways, they had been, they had become as bad as Sodom and Gomorrah. Verses 11 through 15, their religious services disgusted God. And also in verse 9, the only thing that held the nation together was a small little band of Jewish people, a small remnant of faithful Jews. You see all this leading up to the text that we just read. That's the text for our show today. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. But this is in the 17 verses before. In other words, this is a people who were dirty spiritually. They were filthy and wretched. And they liked it. Because remember we talked earlier about, I don't like being dirty. A lot of people don't like sitting in their own dirt. You know, You've been playing all day as a kid, or maybe as a kid, don't bother you. But as an adult, you've been out outside all day and doing sports all day. You're not gonna come home and stew in your dirt and then be like, oh, let's go eat. No, you're gonna clean up prayerfully, okay? And this is what the people needed. They were dirty spiritually, filthy and wretched, and they needed a spiritual cleansing. And I want all that stuff I just read, here's what's really crazy. People refusing to respond to the Lord's attempts at discipline. People sick spiritually, desperately needing help. Violence filling the whole land. In a lot of ways, it was like Sodom and Gomorrah. The religious services were an abomination to God. Don't that sound like today? (laughs) Everything that I just described sounds like it could have been lifted straight from the headlines of any major newspaper in any city, in any city, in any nation in the world, not just America. Like for real, our society today is in just as bad of spiritual shape as ancient Israel was in the text. From a spiritual standpoint, we're just as dirty as they were. And now here's something else we got in common with this ancient scene that's being played out amongst God's people. And that's the fact that there was so much indifference that the people had towards God. The people didn't care about God. Don't that sound familiar? 
These ancient Israelites, these were people that have been blessed by the Lord in many wonderful ways, all throughout the Old Testament. And because of how good he had been to them, Israel should have been seeking him and they should have been looking ways, looking for ways to mend their relationship with him. But instead, they didn't really care about their relationship with God, or at least they acted like they didn't. They acted like they didn't care about trying to be one with him. So instead of that, what God does is that he proactively seeks them and calls them out to make things right with him. And from our standpoint, that's really a shame. That's a daggone shame that God has to make the first move towards people before things can really start happening. That's terrible that he has to come to us first. He's the creator. We don't know nothing. We can't do nothing without him. We're wretched. We're filthy. We think we know a lot, but if we did, there wouldn't be so much violence and disparity and greed and power uh, disparity and all these things in the world. So mankind is clearly not that smart. Otherwise, I would have figured it out. But he came to us first and we didn't go to him. How many people wait for their parents to come to them first? No. You go to your parents when things are awry. Mama, daddy, fix this. If you got parents, my prayer to everybody that lost a parent, I lost my dad, everybody that lost both of their parents, but you go to an authority figure over your life, prayer if you have one. You don't wait for them to come to you. And that's the shameful part. It's true in Israel's day, it's still true today. People don't seek the Lord until they are first sought by the Lord. And don't seek them until they're sought by them. People ain't really gonna love the Lord until they're first loved by him. That's biblical, that ain't me. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Friends, God always makes the first move in this thing called salvation. After all, it was him who initiated the salvation in the first place by sending Christ to redeem us back to him. That's not something we asked for. God initiated that. And the Bible tells us that we, mankind, we're dead in our trespasses and our sins. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Therefore, we're unable to seek the Lord. We can't even do it, get to him if we try. And so quite honestly, y'all, this is one of our biggest issues today as a race, the human race. This idea that somehow we don't need God. Somehow we got this. We can rely upon our own intelligence and our own guile and our own wile and cunning to navigate through life. Men think like that because of mankind's proclivity or consistent habit towards having a God-like mentality. And I mean that with a small G. In other words, men love to worship themselves and their accomplishments. So much so that they basically make themselves their God and completely shun the actual God who created them. You know, that's what's part of what makes the word of faith movement, the prosperity gospel, that's part of what makes that so damaging. But that's a subject for another day. And we've actually done a show on that too. 
Listen, today's the whole the whole show is a plug for you to go back and listen to the library of episodes of Deeper in the Word. But again, the Bible is very clear when it comes to this matter, y'all, in all seriousness, which is that man is a vile sinner and there is no good in him at all. That includes me, that includes you, that's all of us. And being vile and rotten means that you are not allowed to come into the presence of someone or something that's so holy and righteous and without blemish. You dirty and filthy, you can't come into God's presence. Look at uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 18, uh, 10 to 18. There is no righteous person, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks out God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave with their tongues. They keep deceiving. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouths is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And they have not known the way of peace. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So because of mankind's vile, lowly state, y'all, we could never properly come to God unless God came to us first. John 6, verse 44, makes that abundantly clear. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on that last day, on the last day. God is holy and righteous and without blemish, y'all. He's perfect. And by comparison, we're wretched, we're trifling, we're disgusting in our habits and in the way we get down. Just look at the look, turn the news. You see how we're doing it? It's disgusting. So we can't approach him in the state that we're in. He can only draw near to us. Praise God that he does. So oftentimes that's why he makes the first move. And we should bless his name that he does. Because without his gracious intercession, y'all, we'd definitely be far more lost than we are right now. So that's what we see happening in this passage of text. A call for cleanliness, for redemption, made by God to his people. It's a call to a dirty, wicked people telling them, yo, come get clean. Come get clean of your sins. Get clean of your thought processes, of your habits. Just get a straight up disinfecting of your spirits. Come get your spirit Lysoled. Okay. Once again, God was the one initiating the call for everybody to come to him for the cleansing that they so desperately needed. The clean slate that they needed. And praise the name of God that this principle is still true today. God is still in the habit of calling his creations to him for cleansing. He's still engaged in inviting dirty, sinful people to come to him for the cleansing that they need for the thorough wash down that our spirits are calling for. So that's what we're going to do this episode, y'all. We're going to take a close look at how this text shows us 
the life of the Israelites in comparison to our lives today. Now, it ain't too far off because we too are in desperate need of a cleansing from our dirty, sinful lives the same way that they are. And we're going to do this by examining the way that God called the Israelites to him for cleansing. He called them to him. He initiated it. And that's still applicable for believers right now. So come back and join us for this rather intriguing discussion that we're going to get into after we turn uh, come back from the breakup. Hey friends, check out the best faith-based radio station in the world, BMC Radio, where we're reaching the unreachable. BMC Radio promotes a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, and old school music to go along with a healthy mix of faith-based messages and talk shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. We are committed to providing our growing global audience with well-rounded programming that promotes the gospel while also invoking fresh new approaches to what 21st century evangelism is truly about. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk to listen live every day, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And you can have your own show and advertise your business on BMC Radio for absolutely free, free, free. And as I always like to say, who doesn't love something that costs free 99 Again, simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and click on the menu for more information, including access to our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week television channel known as BFTV and our 24-hour-a-day, seven-days-a-week music video channel known as BMC Radio Music Television. We invite you to join us every day at BMC Radio where we're reaching the unreachable. Move over MTV because BMC Radio Music Television is here. BMC Radio Music TV is our new 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week video music channel available on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international streaming television network. BMC Radio Music TV plays videos from artists from just about every area of music. From gospel and jazz to contemporary pop and beyond. The channel also broadcasts full-length concert films, artist interviews, and much, much more. You can access BMC Radio Music TV the same way you access our streaming TV channel, BFTV, by going to the BMC Radio website at www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV, and you will see both channels available for your viewing pleasure. And if you're an artist or musician who wants to feature your music to an international audience, BMC Radio Music TV will put you on the channel for absolutely free. Log on today and learn more about how you can be featured on the best video music channel around. Again, that's www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to access BMC Radio Music TV today.
Hey, hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Deeper, deeper. Listen, as a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and on Amazon Music, and BMC Radio, and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget to email us at info at bedevilandfaithministries.org. Send us your questions and comments for the show. What do you want us to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to start? You guys want to start calling into the show? Because we can do the show live. Y'all start calling in. Just let us know. But we won't know unless you email us, right? Info at benevolentfaithministries.org. And we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific, for our online church services, just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church, create a screen nickname, and you can chat along with us during the service. Please also make sure that y'all go check out the aforementioned BMC Radio, the best internet-based radio station in the world. And we say that because we have the best listeners in the world. Literally, BMC Radio has listeners in over 30 different countries all around the world. Shout out to everybody that listens to BMC Radio. I'd be here for the next hour shouting out all the countries that listen. But uh, we are so appreciative to all of you. And it is an amazing thing that God is doing through BMC Radio. So y'all make sure y'all check them out. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and you'll see the menu and all the shows that come on every day, including our own show, and uh, the show to uh, our sister, Cece Nichols, or Cece Eccles, excuse me, uh, One Life also. So go check out BM, uh, BMC Radio, y'all. And if you like BMC uh, Radio, you'll love BMC Radio Music TV. That's our version of MTV. It's a streaming video music channel that you can catch on the Stream Television Network. And you can access that by going to the same website, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. And that'll take you to our streaming television channel, BFTV, as well as BMC Radio Music Television, where you can catch concerts, videos, interviews, all type of good stuff going down in the world of Christian music and beyond. So check it out. If you're an artist or a musician that wants to put your music out there to an international audience, hey man, BMC Radio is the place, or BMC uh, Radio Music TV is the place for you. So check it out. Again, bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to check out BFTV and BMC Radio Music Television, both of our channels. Amen. But today, y'all, today's show is entitled A Clean Slate. And we're talking about how the ancient Israelites, and by extension, how we today live in incessant states of being spiritually dirty by our wretched and filthy natures, just the sinful way we are and live. And how God back then with them initiated a spiritual cleansing in order to address the issue in a way that he can, let's just say, do some house cleaning, okay? And how those house cleaning principles are still applicable to us too today. 
if we will pay attention. And in our last segment, we hinted at how we can learn from this text about how we can clean up the dirty, sinful natures of our own lives by examining the way that God called the Israelites to him for cleansing. Because remember, we're talking about we're dirty and filthy and wretched. We could never go near him. So he had to initiate it in his graciousness and goodness. He did. And he reached out to us. He's the one who gave us Christ. He's the one who gave us salvation and a way out. We didn't ask for that. We didn't deserve it. We definitely didn't initiate it. So he gets the credit for that. But he called them and by extension us to him for cleansing. The answer is, or the, the key is, will you answer the call? Because the ways that he called them to him are ways that are still applicable for us right now. First and foremost, we see it was an intense call. It was intense. Okay, look at the words that open this text. God is saying, come now. Okay, and the Hebrew word for this phrase is yalach, yalach, and it literally means to go or to walk. So God's use of this phrase, come now, is a directive. Yalach, it's a directive. It's a command. It's God reaching out to a wayward, sinful people and calling them back to him. And the way that God gives this command, this directive, it's done in a really intense way. Because remember, we said it was an intense call. Y'all like, well, how? Consider the idea of somebody finally getting fed up with a situation or otherwise taking control of a situation by suddenly stepping forward and speaking up. And they may even do it in an explosive fashion. And they may even be the type of person that ain't even known for that, but they just bust out and say something or take control because they just got fed up finally. And everybody goes, whoa. <laughs> Y'all ever done that or seen that? You everybody be out talking all at once, maybe with your friends or your family. And then suddenly somebody breaks through all the noise and that's the only voice that's heard. And when those situations usually happen, when somebody steps up like that suddenly, if you will, usually when they do it, it creates an atmosphere of intensity that causes everybody else to suddenly stop and take notice. I mean, the very idea of what intense means, doing something with, quote, an extreme degree of strength, force, energy, or feeling, that's the definition of intense. The very idea of that promotes the idea of somebody or something taking command or giving directives. And that's exactly what God did in our text. In fact, the entire first verse of Isaiah is basically God taking an authoritative commanding position in intense fashion in response to basically what amounts to his, you know what, I've had enough boiling over point. You ever had your mom do that? Or somebody, they'd be like, that's it? I've had enough? You'd be like, uh-oh. You know you've pushed them too far, especially if they're not the type of person that don't really do that. And like I said, they just all of a sudden explode. That's it? I've had it? You're like, oh boy. The boiling over point. 
That's the point God had reached with them in the text, y'all. Because it's here where the Israelites are living happily in their sin and they thinking everything is all gravy. They thinking stuff's sweet. And God had to bust a bubble in harsh fashion. And that's what you see happening to begin Isaiah chapter one. Look at what God says to the people of Israel in verses 11 to 15. This ain't, there ain't nothing sweet about this. Look at what he says. What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord. I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days of fasting, they're all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They're a burden to me. I can't stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I won't look. Though you offer many prayers, I won't listen. For your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. That's God speaking, y'all. That don't seem intense in scope and application to you. You God, When God used words like, you disgust me, I can't stand you, I, I, I can't stand what the things that you do. When you pray, I ain't gonna listen, I ain't gonna look, go somewhere. Yeah, that's pretty intense, bro. He's basically reading them the riot act with a precise degree of purposeful intensity in order to show them that, yo, this is serious business, okay? You know what's even crazier? What's even crazier than all of that is that the fact that he did that makes this invitation, this call by God to his people, it makes it even more amazing. The fact that he already knew how they had been living. He already knew how they had been treating his law. He knew the vileness and the depth of their depravity and their sinful natures. He knew how wicked they had become. And yet, despite reading them this riot act and pointing out to them, because people hate to have stuff pointed out to them about themselves. You know what your problem is? You need to this and your problem is this. People hate that. And he basically just did that to them. But this is God doing it. This ain't some random guy. Okay, this is God doing this. So after that, you would think they'd be like, Ooh. they'd feel really small. And they should have. And he knew that they deserved that, that they'd been acting that way to deserve that. And yet, he still loved them and reached out to them with an intense love to extend grace and mercy to them just as long as they repented and start getting some act right, they would be straight. Saints of God, the blessing in this verse is the fact that this invitation of intensity, it still stands. The call of God is still applicable. He knows all about the sins in your life and mine. He knows how far down into the cesspool of sin that we've sunk. 
He knows how wicked we are, how evil we are. He knows we're a depraved people. We're utterly sick. He knows that. You think God don't watch the news? And yet, he loves us in spite of our sinful condition. And he calls us to come to him anyway. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Revelation 22, 17 puts it this way. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without cost. When Jesus died on the cross and took all of that sin away, the door of salvation flung open and the door flew off the hinges for everybody. And God's call for cleansing was extended to all dirty, wretched people everywhere for all times out of an intense love that God had for his creation. So it was an intense call. You know what? It was also an immediate call. And that's what this one's simple. It's based on God's command for the people to come, quote, now. Meaning no more delay, pronto, andale, andale, iha. No procrastination. See, what the Israelites didn't understand was that God could see what they couldn't see. Because God is omnipresent and omnipotent. He already knows the beginning and the end of all things. So he already knows how things are going to roll. So he could see where their rebellion and sin was leading them. He could see that a harsh judgment was about to fall on them for being so spiritually dirty. He could see their filthy condition. And as a result, he could see their condemnation coming. So on the basis of what he could see, he pressed them to make a change in their lives right away. He commanded them to be cleansed immediately. And it's the same way today with people who aren't right with God. People who don't consider what God sees. They only consider what they see for themselves. All they can see is the next step that lies in front of them. All they can feel is the pleasure of their sins today or tonight. All they can think about is the here and now. They don't ever think about what's waiting for them down the road. They don't plan. Everything's in the moment. YOLO, right? You only live once. Get out of here. If disobedient, sinful people could see down the road, what they would see would scare the parents off of them. I mean, just for example, assuming you had the proper level of credibility, let's just say you tell a gangbanger, Yo, tomorrow night on 5th and Jefferson, you're going to get shot nine times and, you, and then you're going to die at County General Hospital unless you turn to Christ today. If a gangbanger believed that, then most of them in that situation would probably run to Jesus for cleansing. If more people could only see what lies just around the corner on the road of life, they would repent of their sins and they would clamor to accept Christ in their lives. Somebody's sitting in jail right now and they found Christ and they're going, 
Man, I wish I'd have found the Lord before I got up in here. Now they're doing 30. You know what I'm saying? God knows how bad it's going to get, y'all. He knows the pain and suffering that's coming. He knows about the judgment that's about to fall. So he's calling on everybody that's marred by the filth of sin to come to him while you still got the chance. And come to him now. Don't delay. Because he knows that delaying is dangerous. Don't listen to a preacher. Listen to the Lord. He's trying to warn him. He's trying to warn you. Trying to warn us. Friends, if you're not right with God this day, if your family's not right, first of all, if you're not right, please make it a priority to come to him now. If your family's not right, please make it a priority to pray for them now. Listen to what the Bible says about the immediacy of getting right with God. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Ain't that the truth? We don't know what's going to happen. We could all drop dead tomorrow, this evening. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. There's a sense of immediacy, y'all. Sense of urgency. Get right with God today in response to his intense and immediate call. Amen? So, we've seen it was intense and immediate, but it was something else too. And it was something related to this call that we're going to discuss in our last segment that deals with the very nature of who God is and speaks to the very foundation of belief in him and his power. Y'all like, ooh, what does that mean? Well, come back and find out what that means after we return from the break. The future of Christian television is now. The Global Church Body Media Group invites you to check out our 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week television channel known as Benevolent Faith Television, or BFTV. BFTV is our very own streaming television channel on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international television network. BFTV broadcasts a variety of both faith-based and some regular programming, including original short films, TV shows, music videos, talk shows, and much, much more. Plus, you can have your own show on BFTV for absolutely free. That's right, you heard me. You can broadcast your own television show on BFTV for absolutely no cost to you. We even offer in-house editing and production services. And, unlike other large streaming platforms, BFTV can be seen outside the Western Hemisphere to reach people groups throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, and beyond. Not only that, but BFTV allows every listener to choose the language they want to watch TV in. Just press the Languages button on the TV menu and it will give you several different options. So check out BFTV today. You can access it from the same website where you can listen to BMC Radio, our international online radio station. Simply go to www.bmcradio.org 
www.bftv.uk backslash bftv. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash bftv and start watching some great faith-based programming right now. BFTV, where the future of Christian television is now. Hey y'all, this is Rev Rob and I am excited to announce our brand new relationship with the mobile app known as Wisdom App, where you have, quote, conversations that matter. Y'all like Wisdom App, what's that? Well, Wisdom App is a new mobile app that gives you access to expert help when you need it most. When you download the app, it allows you to listen in real time and ask questions to experts in almost every area of life, from business and finance to fitness and fashion, from sports-based conversations to faith-based dialogue. So check out Benevolent Faith's new chat platform on Wisdom App called Speak On It, the Believer's Q&A, where we welcome you to ask questions directly about things related to the Bible and faith in Christ. We'll drop the topic and you come and speak about it. Download the Wisdom app in the Apple and Android stores today and search for at Rev Rob, at lowercase r-e-v-r-o-b and become part of our growing world community in Christ where everyone is invited to speak on it. Amen. Hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word. Listen, y'all, please go download that Wisdom app that's available in Apple and Android stores everywhere. What a great app Wisdom is. It's a mobile app that gives you access to experts that can give you advice and help you in every area of life just about fashion business sports school education and of course our own faith-based platform which is called speak on it the believers q a where as we like to say we drop the topic and you come and speak about it just come on there and ask me any question you'd like and we'll talk about it related to the lord related to the word related to church related to god and we'll come talk about it. To the best of my ability, I'll answer the questions. We have a great time on there. We encourage y'all to come out. Download that app on Apple and Android. You can't miss it. Um, Apple and Android stores, excuse me. You can't miss it. Um, it looks like a, it's a silhouette of Albert Einstein over a purple backdrop. And when you get on there, just look for at Rev Rob. That's at R-E-V-R-O-B. And uh, join our, our platform. Speak on it where you drop the topic or we drop the topic and you speak about it. We're inviting everybody to speak on it. Amen. But today, my friends, today's show is entitled A Clean Slate. Wipe it clean. And we're talking about how the ancient Israelites and by extension how us today, we today, live in incessant states of being spiritually dirty. By just how trifling we are, by our wretched and filthy natures. And how God initiated a spiritual cleansing with them back in the day, back in the day, in order to address this issue with them and how we really need that same spiritual cleansing now. I believe we referred to it in the last segment to start the last segment off as God doing some house cleaning. Remember, the Holy Spirit dwells within you 
So you are a temple of the Lord. So therefore, you need a clean house. Make sure the house is clean. Don't have the the Holy Spirit in, in a dirty house. Okay? So God wants us to do some house cleaning, some spiritual cleansing from all this dirt and grime and filthiness that this sin subjects us to. In our previous segments, we examined this call, this idea of the call that God made to his people to spiritually cleanse himself because he initiated it in his goodness and his graciousness because we can't do it. Being filthy, we can't approach him, so he approached us because he's good and he loves us and he's a good dad. But he made the call for us to spiritually cleanse ourselves. And there are various elements associated with that call, which we then apply to our own lives. And we've seen so far that it involved God making an intense call and him making an immediate call. And then I hinted at how the last one was going to be a little different, dealt more with the mysterious power of God. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, for real. This last point relates to how it was an incredible call. It was an incredible call. Why? Because it was incredible what God was promising to do with their filthiness, with their unclean natures. It was an incredible gesture on God's part because it invoked his supernatural power. It invoked a power from him that is mysterious to mankind that we'll never know and understand because we're not God. Therefore, we'll never know the depth and the breadth of God's power. It is supernatural, beyond the nature. The natural mind can understand. God's promise to Israel, if they would come to him, is that all their sins would be washed away. And verse 15 tells us that their hands are stained with blood, that they're dirty and unclean in the sight of the Lord. But they'll just come to him and heed his invitation. He'll cleanse them completely. And the words in this text, scarlet and crimson, they refer to dye, D-Y-E, dye, that was extracted from both shellfish and from a certain type of insect. Not sure which, history doesn't say. But when white garments were dyed with these colors, as you can imagine, they could never be made white again. These colors were both color fast and permanent. So once they were dyed, no human means could ever return them to their pure state. Think of it like you got this pure suede white couch. And somebody spills a whole bottle of wine on it. You're probably not getting that out. Maybe technology today would be able to let you get that out. But the point is, once something was dyed, particularly in ancient Israelite days, ancient by ancient Israelite standards, once something was dyed, you wasn't going it back, it wasn't going back to its pure normal state. And God describes the sin of Israel as being like a garment stained scarlet and crimson. They were dirty and nothing they could ever do would take that stain away. Because again, they didn't have the technology back then that we have now. Maybe you can get the wine stain out of that white suede couch in your living room. But in ancient times, once something was stained, 
it could never be made perfect again. So the ideology behind it and the context behind it was different back then than it is now. Yet God is telling them that if they would just respond to him and repent of their sins, he had the power to make them whiter than snow and as pure as wool. He had the ability to take the stain of their sin away and make them clean again. In other words, their rituals wouldn't make them clean. Their religious observances wouldn't make them clean. You heard what he said before, I hate your festivals. You make me sick with that stuff. That stuff wouldn't make them clean. The only hope these people had was to accept his call. That was the only thing that was gonna make them clean. If they would just do that, he would make the stain of their sin disappear forever. It's almost like they didn't trust him. Y'all, let's be very clear here. That incredible call to wipe them clean, miraculously, supernaturally, that's still applicable today. There is nothing that you can do to take away your sinful nature. At best, you and I are dirty and filthy in the sight of the Lord. Isaiah 64, 6. We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. God, we can't cleanse ourselves by religious deeds or rituals, when we try to erase our sins by our own efforts, all we do is make the stain deeper. You try to rub that wine stain out on that couch by yourself, you get paper towels, you get a sponge, you get this, that, and the third. All you do is make it worse till either you've ruined it completely or you gotta take it to somebody professional to clean it. You just made it worse doing it in your own power with your own efforts. When we try to erase our own sins by our own efforts, all we do is make the stain deeper, just like that couch. But listen, if we'll heed God's call and come to him by faith, he's got the power to cleanse away forever that stain of our sins. He can clean the couch forever. He can scotch guard it. Psalm 103, verse 12. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. That means that when God erases the stain of our sins, he's also able to take those sins and put them far away from us as far as New York is from Paris. So the question is, do you know for sure that your sins have been washed away, y'all? Do you claim you love them, but you're still out here doing wrong, getting your Michael Jackson on? Do you need a thorough spiritual cleansing? You gotta be honest with yourself to answer that question. Because consider the beginning line of this text uh, we went through today, when God first begins to call his people. He says, come now, let us reason together. That phrase is legal terminology. It means let's settle this matter before a court of law. 
Let's try our case in court. Because the people had broken their covenant with him. They failed to hold up their end of the contract. So he initiated a legal proceeding against them. God is so awesome, isn't he? He's like, you know what? I could just wipe y'all out, but I'm going to go ahead and honor the system. Y'all wronged me, but I'm going to take y'all to court anyway. We'll let the court decide. He was basically bringing them up on charges. He declared his case against them in those first 17 verses we read earlier. And then he invited them to defend themselves. And he called them to the table and was basically like, all right, I've laid my charge out against y'all. Answer for yourselves. But the phrase come now is also an invitation for these people to walk with the Lord. He's not inviting them to a debate. And he's not opening the matter up to negotiations. He's calling them to come to his way of thinking. Because that's the right way and should be the only way. How you going to reason with God? He's calling them to agree with him and his will for their lives. Which only makes sense because he's God and they are not. So it's not about a negotiation or a debate. It ain't, it ain't up for discussion. Okay? He's just saying, all right, now y'all, y'all really need to look at it my way. Because guess what? You ain't got no other way to look at it. He's giving them an opportunity to say, Lord, you're right and we're wrong. We're sorry. And we're ready to do it your way. In other words, he's offered them a chance to settle their case out of court. If they'll be reasonable and honor the covenant that they have with him, he'll drive the charges against him and put them right back in the proper place of fellowship. All they got to do is repent of their sins, change their ways. He'll receive them. He'll restore them. Saying to God, this is an intimate call to Israel to change their ways and to get in line with God. And it's a call that is still intimately available to you today. God doesn't call groups to come to him. He calls individuals to come to him. His call is personal, individual, and intimate. But you're never going to honor his call if you choose to remain in a perpetually dirty spiritual state. You choose to be dirty on purpose, then you'll never hear the call of God or answer the call of God. Because you're making a choice to go against him. Answering God's intimate call on your life, it means being cleansed of the filthy, sinful way that you've been living. The Israelites didn't heed God's call, and they suffered greatly as a result of it. Y'all, I pray that us as the modern church, us as modern believers, don't adopt that same stubborn, obstinate mentality that they had. I ain't going to tell y'all, times we're living in are crazier than ever because people of the word are, of the world are spiritually dirtier than ever before. The filth of sin has never been worse. So it's critical that people don't fail to answer God's invitation for you to have a clean slate. Amen? Listen, thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe or listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, and 
on BMC Radio and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web at BenevolentFaithMinistries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to tune in to BFTV, where we are changing the face of Christian television. Just go to www.bmcradio.org backslash UK. Excuse me, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to check out the best internet-based television station in the world. And don't forget to log on this every Tuesday night, 7 Eastern, for our online church services. Go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church. Create a screen nickname, chat along with us. And we'll catch you here next time, y'all. Holla.